This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome into another edition of Bragging Rights, the Month of August is officially underway. We had football last night. It was an NFL preseason game, but it still counts. College football is fast approaching. And I think it's been maybe the first time in a year that Pierce and I are doing one of these in person. So all in all, just very weird. Very weird, but it just means that good things are coming. We're here to break down the Big Ten today. Before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host. I'm Madison, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm I'm doing all right. You're 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 100% correct. This is a little weird. We I looked up just a second ago. We made eye contact, and we both went, "Oh, what the hell?" and looked away. So this is, and we've got we. A little peek behind the curtains. We had a pretty crazy scene set up here when, um, you know, we were doing all our pods here. And now it feels like this is a travel. You know, we're in like we, we traveled somewhere. and We're doing the, an emergency pod. But um, so it does have a weird feel, but excited to get into it. This is finally and no disrespect to the other three conferences that we've already previewed. But we're getting to the big boys now. And so I'm, I'm excited to jump in today. These are there are going to be a few teams in this conference that we're talking about come uh, come playoff time. Yeah, it, this does finally feel like maybe there's some implications uh, to the playoffs maybe here. This is certainly going to be a conference that there's more, con- or not contingency, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Of, of conflict, I guess, of, uh, you know, who's going to reign supreme. Obviously, with the other conferences, it's been like, with Pac-12, it was like, who of all these people is the best of the worst? With, you know, Big 12 and ACC was more along the lines of, here's the leader and here's the, the back of the pack. But the Big Ten, I mean, last year we had a very big shakeup. We'll get into this when we do the preview. But the first time since 2004 that Michigan won the Big Ten, obviously they make it to the playoffs for the first time ever, the first time for them to do that. I think for the first time somebody other than Ohio State from the Big Ten representing the conference in the playoffs. So we'll see. We've had Michigan State. We did have Michigan State. That you're was right, a weird year, right. too. They got, yep. they got smoked by Alabama, I think. Yeah, you're right. I misspoke there. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely – Feels like it's starting to get real. Like I said, we did have football last night, albeit uh, just the Hall of Fame game. But fall uh, fall camps going down all camps. over the country, getting notes. A lot of a lot of little tidbits coming out. A lot of people checking uh, message boards, trying to figure out okay who is working with the number ones in this unit, who's working with the number two. So just a lot of fun, uh, you know, ahead and and a lot of news coming out daily now. So um, and and last thing I got to say, this is a fun conference this year. A lot of the a lot of the uh, uh, bottom dwellers. I think we're going to see improved seasons this year. Maybe it's not what they're hoping, but improved from last year and only getting better. And then there are some teams where, you know, and some big brands that might take a a couple steps back, but they're still going to be very competitive. So top to bottom, this is a really strong conference, in my opinion, this year. So, um, yeah, excited to break it all down. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. As always, we're doing this alphabetically. You know, I didn't break it up between the two divisions. It just, it was easier to do it this way. The Fighting Illini. Now, they did get better in 2020 or 2021. 2021, obviously, uh, with the first year new head coach, Brett Bielema. They finished the season last year 5-7, and seven, including a record nine overtime victory on the road against then number seven Penn State. So things definitely got better from them. Uh, you know, they had been very much middling. They're never going to be necessarily a preeminent power but they'd like to at least be more competitive. And I think that that was mission accomplished when they uh, traded up from Lovey Smith. I say traded up. I think Lovey Smith's a good coach, but they went and got somebody who's proven on the college grounds, obviously coming from Wisconsin. Uh, 2022 is going to be tough for Illinois. They are not necessarily, like I said, the preeminent power. They don't have a stacked roster. They do pierce miss Ohio State and Penn State this year. I think they do get Michigan. I don't know if they get Michigan State as well. Um, and their out-of-conference matchup against Virginia is at home, which bodes well for them as well. Their over-under win total is four and a half. Uh, so that's people are betting around about what they did last year. Um, so break it down for us. Let us know what you think about Illinois here. Any any reason for optimism, or do you think that last year was a little bit of a beginner's luck for Brett Bielema? You know, um, it's weird because I, maybe you could call it that. Certainly the first game of the season they opened. I think they might have been the first game of the entire college football season last year. 
Um, and as you recall, they played Nebraska and they upset Nebraska. Now you look at you look you look back on that and go, how in the heck were they able to to get that win and pull that out? Um, this year, you know, I think this year, next year, the following, this team's going to have a better identity of what they want to do with Bielema coming in. Obviously, first year, last year, has to get his guys in. He loves those big offensive linemen, um, and that's a strength of his, uh, you know, philosophy. That's what he goes for, and you know, that takes a couple years to recruit and get those guys in. Um, you know, I do think this is a slight rebuilding year for them. Uh, they did lose a few people, and I think you asked, uh, and I'm not sure if they got Michigan State this year. They draw Michigan and Michigan State out of the East, so that certainly hurts their uh, – Right. You know, that's, that's two automatic losses there. I think really what it comes down to is, uh, obviously, they lose their QB and three starting linemen, so they're breaking in some, some new guys. And I always say it, the offensive line is a living, breathing organism. Every all five guys have to be playing in continuity or else, you know, there's there's mistakes to be made all the time out there. Um, defensively, they do return six starters and five of their top tacklers back. That's very good. This is an underrated defense. Um, so I do think they, you know, all in all, take a step back. I, You know, you look at some of their teams, they do have some talent um, in particular. their two offensive tackles. Um, I'm not going to begin to pronounce Palchus. Oh, I just did it. Alex Palchuski and Julian Pearl, obviously, are two bookends there at offensive tackle. Um, and they've got Chase Brown at running back. They've got some guys. Uh, I just don't think they have the depth to to get over that four and a half mark. You know, I'm looking at the schedule. I think I see three, maybe four. It would take two big upsets, in my opinion. Um, I think they can pull off one, but I'm going to go under four and a half. But again, I think this team will be competitive in, in some of their games, um, which is, is, is a good positive to build off of this year. Okay. Well, let's talk about another team that is uh, right now the over-under. Win total is four and a half, and that would be the Indiana Hoosiers. They had, of course, that surprising 2020 season. Uh, didn't know whether or not that was an anomaly or whether they were making a, a move up in the conference. And nationally, they fell hard in 2021. 10 or I'm sorry, two and ten, and winless in the Big Ten. Didn't even get a single conference win. Their worst season appears in a decade. Michael Penix Jr., he is out at quarterback, hit the transfer portal. Connor Bazelak from Mizzou in at QB for the Hoosiers. They do have a manageable schedule, um, although it's sneaky tough as well. Uh, in the beginning of the season, it's going to be you decent, decently for okay. It's gonna be okay for them, I should say. Before they go into the gauntlet of Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, in the back half, their over under win total, like I already said, is four and a half. So they're gonna have to win early because they're not gonna get past those latter half teams. Um, so the question is whether or not you think Connor Basilek can kind of just slide in there and make it work, or is this gonna be a rocky start and maybe a repeat of that two and ten that we saw last year. Yeah, they, uh, you know, Indiana's an odd program right now. They had that huge 2020 in the COVID year where everything was a little bit um, backwards and, and, you know, there was a lot of craziness to be had that season. It was also the beginning of the transfer portal, so people were kind of moving around left and right. Last year really struggled. They came into the season and the fans were pretty high thinking that they could repeat and do a, you have another really good season, and they, they really struggled. Now Tom Allen has this team in a familiar spot where they're not the hunted this year. Um, I think that'll definitely be nice for a lot of the players to, um, you know, that be the upsetted or upsetter um, of other teams. So I, I do think that their ceiling is not as high as 2020, but their floor is not as low as last year, if that makes any sense. So I do see a little bit of an improvement um, on last year. I, that being said, I don't see them getting over the four and a half. I, I see four on their schedule. Listen, the Big Ten this year is tough. When you look through all these schedules, there are not many, uh, you know, cupcakes that you're going to play in the Big Ten. So you're in wars every week, and if you don't bring it, I mean, you're going to struggle. They do return 12 starters. Uh, what scares me is only five starters back on offense. Um, you know, when you look at some of their highlighted players this year, it's all on defense. Um, so you should see improvement on the defensive side of the ball. They have seven starters back. I think this unit will have to carry the team. But when you're playing in against, uh, you know, the Ohio States and teams that are going to have dynamic playmakers, you got to be able to put up points. Um, so I, 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 I'm going to take the under. Certainly, this could be a 5-6 win team, but I think they're another year away. Um, they're going to have to really fight to get to a bowl game. So I think build on this season, improve off last year by a win or two, and then you're, you're, you're all back on track next year. Let me ask you this, uh, kind of a follow-up. How much longer do you give Tom Allen there? Uh, man, it's, it's tough because Indiana's not a, you know, a, a, right. a, a, really a big program historically. 
Uh, so I think he's got a little more leeway than most. I think if you, I think this year he's going to get no matter what happens, as long as he doesn't lose when you know only two games. If he does that, then then he's the writing might be on the wall. But I think if he gets to four or five this year, I think he'll get that next year, and I think next year he'll take another step up. Um, this is a young team this year. They obviously took a huge step back last year, so they've got to get back up and climb the mountain again. Um, but I do think that they will they will get up that mountain. All right, well, let's talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Kirk Ferentz hasn't gone anywhere in 23 years. It would take a lot for a tenured coach like that to leave, um, although I did see some people, I guess his, uh, his son, who, you know, isn't the most prolific of offensive coordinators, um, you got to raise, despite the fact that they, you know, have not improved in offense for years. So maybe eventually they tire of that. But like, like I said, this team, the Iowa Hawkeyes, they kind of just do their thing every year. They finished the season 10 and four. They won the Big Ten West. They did then did get absolutely shut down and blown out by Michigan in the Big Ten championship. But the Wolverines were quite the force last year. Uh, the offense, like I said, for the Hawkeyes, it remains a major issue for Iowa. No change in sight at the offensive coordinator position. Obviously, when you're the head ball coach's son, it will likely remain stagnant there um, for the Hawkeyes. They do get in-state rival Iowa State at home. It's the second game of the season, I believe. They do pull from the other side of the conference, though, Ohio State and Michigan. So that's quite the daunting schedule. That being said, Pierce, their over-under win total seems like it should be doable, 7.5, but maybe after breaking down the numbers, you'll you'll convince me that that might be either perfect or, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have a down year. It would be shocking for them to get less than eight wins, in my opinion, especially with them having the quote-unquote weaker side of the conference. Um, but, I mean... It's not like they're necessarily going to be a preeminent force either. Uh, I don't believe in the Big Ten. Interesting. I I, uh, I I pegged this team to win the West and repeat and go back to the Big Ten Big Ten title. Um, Wisconsin has taken a big step back, and that's generally who's fighting for that top spot along with Iowa. You look at this Iowa team and you break it down. They return fourteen starters for a team like Iowa. That's always an important thing to have. Um, you know, you've got older guys in the program that have been around. They've done this before. They know what it is to be a, a, an Iowa Hawkeye. They do face Ohio State and Minnesota on the road. Those are going to be two tough games. Obviously, you could probably chalk up the Ohio State game as a loss right then and there. Um, but I do believe they repeat as West champs. Um, you know, offensively, I think this might be their best QB play in, in at least the last three years that they will see this year. Um, they have an improved line of scrimmage and improved receivers. Um, so I do think this offense takes a step up from last year. You know, do how much? I'm not totally sure. They're not going to be world beaters, but I do think they improve a lot of, on a lot of their metrics uh, on the offensive side and defensively. You know what the, you're going to get with them. They, they're 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 some of the most consistently coached defenses um, from a production standpoint. They're coached well. It's not like they have dudes at all levels, but they got guys that just go out there and know how to do it at a high level. Um, so I. I and you really, when you break it down, they ought to have in the conference the top two, a top two D line, a top two linebacking core, and a top two DB group. So when you look at that, the defense is gonna gonna win them a lot of games. And with their improved offense and and cons- more consistent play out of the QB spot, I think this team, uh, you know, has a chance to win maybe ten games this year. Uh, so, you know, and and if that defense gets right. It only takes, you know, uh, 60 minutes of, of uh, ball bouncing your way, and you could beat an Ohio State. So I like this team, Iowa. I think they repeat as the West champs and probably face off against Ohio State in the Big Ten title. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily the biggest gauntlet on their side of the division. So wouldn't be shocking to me, but you'd like to see them put up a better showing than three points in the Big Ten championship if they do get back there. Uh, the Maryland Terrapins Pierce 2021 was a major success for them. Their first winning season since 2014 with a seven and six record, their first bowl game appearance since 2016 and their first bowl victory since 2010. So things are definitely getting better there for the Terps. They returned several key pieces, including uh, Talia Tungavailoa, uh, but they do have a daunting schedule ahead of them. Their over-under win total is five and a half. You'd like to see them get off to a better start to the season than they got off last year, um, but five and a half seems like it should be manageable for them if they continue to roll like they did at the end of the last season. 
Yeah, this uh, this Maryland team is has kind of been a trendy pick this offseason to have a really, really good year. Um, and, and I agree with that sentiment. You look at Loxley, he's been there for four years. I think this will be his best tenure, best team throughout his his, pre, his four years there. Um, I, I, I think this is a surprise team in the Big Ten. I really do. Now, does that mean that they're going to win, you know, win their division, win their side and go to the Big Ten Conference title game? No. But this team has a chance to upset a few teams. Here's the issue. They are 0-10 in their last 10 games against ranked opponents. They've got to get over that mountaintop, and I think once they do, I think they could be you know, likely to get another one uh, throughout the season. Obviously, Talia Tonga-Vailoa, that's actually harder to say than Talia Tonga-Vailoa. Because the Talia just kind of doesn't roll well, off. Like well, I want to say Tua. Like, I have to yeah. remind myself what his name is, yeah, his yeah. first name. And so, um, you know, anytime you have a quarterback that's that skilled, um, you know, he really had great numbers last year and took command of that offense, and he did it without a lot of his weapons. I remember they got shellacked by Iowa at home on, I think, a Thursday night, and they had all three of their starting receivers go down. And and Talia still produced throughout the throughout the rest of the season. So I think that's a huge thing anytime you get a stud QB back like him. Um, so I do think this, this offense takes another step. Obviously, they health will play an important role in that as well. Defensively, they do have seven starters back. I think they will improve defensively as well. Certainly won't have any regression from last year. Um, you look at it, Rakeem Jarrett at wideout, he's back and healthy and ready to go. That's a huge weapon for Talia. Um, you know, he's got Dante Demas as well at the wideout spot and a great tight end, Corey uh, Deitches. So I love this team. I, I think uh, – you said, what was it, five and a half? I like this team. I think this team makes a bowl game. I, I think okay. they get there. I think they get to six, and I think they get over that hump of finally being able to uh, to get that win against a ranked conference opponent. All right. Well, there you go. That's what Pierce thinks about the Terps. Let's think. Let's see what he says about both of the teams in Michigan. We'll start with State. Things were good for Mel Tucker and East Lansing in 2021. They finished the season with an 11-2 and record including a Peach Bowl victory over Pittsburgh to end the season. In fact, the Spartans didn't lose a game, Pierce, until November when they slipped up against notorious trap team Purdue and then a road loss to Ohio State. Mel Tucker went and got himself paid, and now he enters his third season as head ball coach with lots of momentum, though he will need to find a replacement for their standout running back, Kenneth Walker III. Their over-under win total for the Spartans is seven and a half. I think that feels low, but maybe I'm wrong. Interesting. Seven and a half. I I, I would have probably pegged it at six and a half, but seven and a half is fair. Yeah, and, and you hit it. Who? Where are they going to find a replacement for Kenneth Walker? Right. Well, interestingly enough, as you dig more, they got a big transfer in Jarek Broussard from Colorado who Mel Tucker coached. When Mel Tucker was there, he was the, I think, Offensive Player of the Year okay. for Colorado. He transfers over now, and if he can return to what he was two years ago, this I don't think you'll see too much of a drop-off. Well, that's where he went and got Kenneth Walker the third. Exactly. So he has proven himself to be pretty good when it comes to the transfer portal, and he's recruiting really well. So I think he's, Agreed. you know, they're, I'm not saying that they're on Alabama level of they reload, they don't rebuild, but... When you're building those classes, you know, I think they're sneaky, sneaky becoming one of the best teams in the, or could be one of the best teams in the Big Ten in a couple years. And we're going to go, why? Oh, because Mel Tucker knew what to do in the transfer portal and was secretly getting really good guys, young guys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, he, you know, last year, if you look at what Mel Tucker did, it was nothing short of amazing. He, he, I mean, he really utilized the transfer portal. He was one of those teams that pretty much brought in an entirely new team um, and obviously hit on a lot of those players. So, Obviously, he can identify talent, and he knows how to coach him up. They get 14 starters back. That's also big, and they get the, a couple of those big transfers coming as well, obviously with Jarek Broussard. I think he sees a huge year this year uh, behind a much better offensive line. Um, you know, I think offensively, I think they, they, they'll be very similar to last year. Um, you know, I, I think defensively, we'll see improvement um, more so. I think the defense has a chance to be the better unit uh, of the two. Here's the thing with Michigan State. If you look at their season last year, they had so many games where they won a close one. They were on that winning side. They they didn't have they never lost that close close game when it came down to it. And they had you know three or four throughout the season. I just don't see how that can happen this year. I think they regress a little bit. Um, maybe that luck, as we like to call in hockey, puck luck. I think a little bit of that lady luck. 
um, will kind of disappear this year. But I, I do like this team to get seven, eight wins. So that does make sense about the seven and a half. Um, you know, you look at some of their star players, Jaden Reed looks like he might be a first team, uh, first all conference team uh, uh, participant as well as linebacker Cal Halliday. I mean, they've got guys all throughout. Um, and so I think Mel Tucker gets, gets his defense improved, gets them going. I think they win a lot of, uh, a lot of lower scoring games that bodes well for them, but they do have a tough schedule. So give me the over, but I don't think you see 10 wins like last year. All right, well, let's talk about their counterparts in the state, the Michigan Wolverines. Jim Harbaugh may have entered the 2021 season with question marks, but he uh, <laughs> turned those around quickly, I'll say that. Now, there is an interesting thing, obviously, that happened at the end of last season. I'll be speculatory about maybe how the locker room might look. Their head ball coach, of course, rumored to potentially take a couple of NFL gigs, including the Minnesota Vikings, but he reaffirmed himself to his alma mater. It was a historic season last year. Let's see if they repeat. They beat Michigan for the or Michigan. They beat Ohio State for the first time in how long? I mean, oh man, had it, it been a decade? I think it had. Yeah, it had been at least a decade. Um, yeah, because I think that the players in the uh, game had not seen a win since maybe like kindergarten okay i think it i think they haven't won in columbus which they'll have to try to do this year in like 20 something years well maybe that was it then i, I don't know but it was the it first... had been about 10 years though, yeah since they just won period right it was the first time they saw the playoffs ever and they won their first conference championship since 2004 so you know does it, i don't know if it, when the last time they were in the conference championship is but you'd think that the last time they were was probably the last time they beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They are still navigating the duo at quarterback uh, with J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara, but that's not what I think the biggest concern for Wolverine fans will be. It's the defense. You replace some really marquee generational-type guys uh, that are now in the NFL. Their over-under win total pierce is 9.5. That's going to be pretty daunting for them to repeat, but I don't see any reason if they can – continue what they did slash maybe be more consistent at that quarterback position, which has always been Jim Harbaugh's heel uh, there in Ann Arbor, then I don't know why they can't be sitting there and their only loss is Ohio State. Yeah, and and, and you see it with all these teams that have made the playoffs throughout the last 10 years. They There, there are these one-and-done teams that pop up, Washington, Michigan State, you know, you name them, and they don't come back. They don't really sniff the playoffs again because – they're not set up to reload. I think Michigan is in a better spot to reload. Defensively is definitely the scary side of the football. They lose their DC and OC. So defensive and offensive coordinators, completely new. I, I do know that um, their DC was in the program already, so just came up through within. So he knows um, the the scheme and, and will be able to kind of seamlessly step in there. Offensively, though, they lose Josh Gaddis to the NFL, and that's a big deal. Um, you know, he, he really turned that Michigan offense, and that's kind of been – Maybe their Achilles heel the last uh, you know decade. They just haven't had the offensive firepower to keep up with Ohio State, uh, and they really did a lot with maybe not enough explosive weapons on the outside at the receiver position. Kind of more in the role like Georgia, they run, but they have the schemes, the schematics of their offense. Where they had they beautiful play calling all year from Josh Gaddis. How do they replace those guys? That's always a question mark when you haven't seen a program do it before. Um, and, and it always happens when you make it to the playoffs, rightfully so. They do return 13 starters, only four on defense, so again, it scares me. And it's not just that they only return four, it's that they lose all their off their defensive firepower. I mean, literally all their superstars are gone other than Junior Colson, um, who's a linebacker there and should be one of the best linebackers in the country. They do have a top uh, three offensive line in the country and number two special teams in the country, so... I, I do like those in, in close game situations, in particular when you've got to either ice a game with your big O-line and, and your running backs. They have Blake Corum and the young kid, Donovan Edwards, who really started to come on. Uh, I think they'll be a great duo offensively. You know, I'm interested to see, is it Cade McNamara or is it McCarthy? That's right. that's going to be an interesting thing to see how Harbaugh manages that. Uh, because you saw McNamara had some really good games, but McCarthy just ha- has that extra fat gear to him almost. He just looks... Like he's a, a thoroughbred out there. Um, so maybe in, in, in year two, he really gets going. I, I like this team. I mean, they have one really difficult contest, in my opinion, other than Ohio State, and that's at Iowa. If they can get past that, I don't see why they're not 11-0 and going into Columbus, which would set up another 
historical matchup between the two. Do I think they can get over the hump? No. We've seen crazier things happen, though. I do like the over uh, nine and a half, I think it's that, or eight and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I do think they get to at least 10 wins this year. Um, and maybe, like I said, 11 going into Columbus. How fun would that be? Heading, it's it's Thanksgiving. It's snowing in is it it's in uh it's in the shoe this year mm-hmm. snowing in columbus we don't have snow of course because you know we live in the south and we are sane people um but it's snowing you're a little bit turkey hungover and you're watching two undefeated teams duke it out and i i don't think it's the best rivalry in sports but i no. do love that game yeah it's two great color like right. the, the colors oh, the colors of the, pop it's a great color game yeah and and it's, it's in that great time of year where it's rivalry Rivalry rivalry. week. uh, Great time of the year and with all those big rivalry games going on. Um, And yeah, last year's game, man, when when I look back on the season, obviously highlights of beating Michigan in in the Peach or in the um, Orange Bowl, you know, winning the national championship, whooping Arkansas and and, and some of these teams. That's a lot of good memories. That Ohio State-Michigan game last year might have been the most memorable and fun game to watch. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I would love, yes, and I would love to see that happen again. Um, Certainly they have some hurdles, but I think they can get there. I don't know if they have the the arsenal this year to get it done because I do think Ohio State made some good moves um, and and, and I think added some missing pieces. Uh, But, you know, crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Well, we're done with the state of Michigan. Let's flip it over to Minnesota. 2021 saw a 9-4 and campaign for the Golden Gophers. It had a really tough break to start the season. If you don't uh, remember, I think it was a Friday night game playing Ohio State at Ohio State. Their star running back, um, and I'm going to butcher his name, uh, Mohamed Ibrahim? Ibrahim? Close. Ibrahim. 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 Okay. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, he tears his Achilles in that game. He misses the entire season. He'll be back this year. Uh, they also are returning their quarterback, Tanner Morgan. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see now back full strength. Hopefully both those boys stay healthy, but back at full strength, you know, they went nine and four and they were, they were going, they were playing Ohio state pretty tough up until that moment. So, um, you know, we'll see, but it wasn't their offense that last year. That was the star of the show. The star of the show was their defense ranked in the top 10 in the country, allowing just over 17 points per game. Um, so if they can get those pieces back and, and recoup that offense that we thought they might have had, I mean, they're over and under win total is seven and a half. I like that play a lot. Man, throwing out the stats here. Uh, this is one you prepped, didn't you? I didn't know. I didn't. Oh, okay. No. You're re- okay. Great. Good. Okay. Listen. I thought you were flowing on this. I thought, okay, this is no. You I were just, pulling out the points per game last year, which well, that ironically I wrote out. down too. That so I, was, I can confirm you're you. You right. know, I like to let you do the numbers <laughs> and stuff like that. But that one jumped out because I wanted to make a point of like, okay, yeah. like. We don't think of Minnesota very often, but they had a really good year last year. And yeah, I quietly. think that if they, yeah, exactly. And if they can do that again this year, they could be that Purdue who's going to play spoiler to some teams and finish, you know, 10 wins. So, you, you, you know, uh, when we do our recap episodes and we have, whether it's Braggers or I, I, we might have called it something else two years ago, and we, we pull out our highlighted players that have great weeks. Um, two years ago, Mohamed Ibrahim was on there almost every week. And going into last year, I thought he was one of the top, if not the best running back in college football, but no one knows about him because he plays up in Minnesota. Right. And gosh, I remember that game like it was yesterday. He got he got, he got got running and he planted that right foot and it was nasty because you could see his Achilles roll up his calf. Um, and, and it's a shame because those are tough injuries to come back from. But here's what I think it did do for them. They realized that they can they can still win without him. And they found a guy that's pretty darn good. So they're going to have a dynamic duo going into this year with Ibrahim. Um, and I'm going blank on the other running back, Trey Potts, who had a great year last year. Um, I think the offense does take a step up this year. I mean, listen, you got one of the best running backs in the country back. If he's, you know, three quarters of himself, that's still going to be a very good weapon to have. My only issue with them this year is they do have a tough schedule. Um, sure. They do play Michigan State, Penn State, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, which are all on the road. Those are not easy venues, especially Nebraska. That You can get them at home. That's probably the easiest game of the four. You could get them at home, no issue. On the road, that's a tough environment. Um, they do get 12 starters back. Like I said, I think you'll see improvement offensively. Defensively, they're going to be really good this year. 
I, I don't see them repeating the 17 points per game. That That's a ridiculously low uh, point total to allow. I, so I think that will kind of write, go back to the to, to kind of leveling out, um, you know, maybe more like 21, 24 points a game. Um, but I do like this, uh, you know, I do – I do like this team. I think they could be a sneaky team. One of those that you're, you, if you overlook, they'll win. They'll beat you. Um, I think the key defensively, though, they've got to figure out that D-line. Um, they're real rebuilding at that position, and it's really tough to win in these type of conferences, especially the Big Ten or SEC where there's a lot of running when you don't have a great D-line. Um, but I like this team. You said seven and a half. Boy, that's, that's so spot on. I, with their tough schedule, I'm going to say under. I think they get to seven. Um, they certainly could get to eight, but I think you're probably seeing them at the six or seven number. But they get to a bowl game, and uh, you know certainly the ceiling is a little bit higher this year for them uh, than I think I would say last year with Ibrahim, Ibrahim out. Well, one game that you mentioned that I'm interested in you saying it was a tough one, the uh, Cornhuskers there in Lincoln, Nebraska. But they were another sneaky team, Pierce, because that's who we're talking about next. They finished three and nine, but they didn't lose those games by a lot of points. And if you go back and you look, a lot of them were closer than you might have remembered. Um, They actually outscored their opponents last year, Pierce, by a total of 335 to 272. If you see that, you would go, well, they won a lot of games. They just didn't um, because, like I said, they, they were they were right there. So we'll see. They have Casey Thompson in now. Uh, he transferred in from Texas there at quarterback. Uh, you know, Adrian Martinez was fine last year, but maybe, maybe this is a step up for Scott Frost's offense. They have a decent schedule this year, as in it's manageable. Uh, to your point, they, they pull a couple of games at home. Um, and if they can get some of those close games that didn't break their way to break their way this year, it could finally be the year they've been waiting for in Lincoln for years. Now, I will say it's actually very funny timing that we're doing this uh, right now in the gym. Uh, I was listening to a podcast that literally did two hours worth just breaking down Nebraska football. And I found it fascinating because it was going through the history of everything. You know, they for years and years and years, this generation of people coming up now didn't know how good Nebraska, how dominant Nebraska used to be. They were the Alabama. They were the team that everybody was chasing. Um, And it was something that was very interesting. You know, the the girl that they had on to interview who's been, she was a lifelong Huskers and she's uh, now a beat writer. She said, we are not kidding ourselves. We don't think we're going to be national powers. We don't, we're not expecting to be this, you know, playoff team or contention. We just want to stop being the punching bag of college football. I think this could be the year that maybe there's some respect put on Nebraska's name. Their over under win total is seven and a half. Maybe, maybe, maybe they finally turn it around. And it gives me a little bit of hope as a Florida State fan if they can do it. Anybody can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he hit the nail on the head. Seven close losses. I think. All of them were within like uh, three or four points, uh, and they all lost. They all they lost all the games that they were in um, that were close games. So kind of the exact opposite of Michigan State. Michigan State won those games. Nebraska lost. I think that kind of uh, you know fixes itself a little bit there. So I agree. I'm excited for this Nebraska team. I think that this team has a chance to get to eight wins. Um, I'm not going to take the over. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under just being safe because they do. It, you know the Big Ten is a tough conference. I want to see Casey Thompson does how he fits in. I think he's going to fit in well. Listen, Adrian Martinez, what did we say every year? It was like, when's this guy going to take the next step? Because if he does, he's got all the tools to be an elite quarterback. Never quite. He was just a little too inconsistent. And all Casey Thompson did, he, he I feel like everyone's writing Casey Thompson out because Texas wasn't great last year. They missed a bowl game. But yet, it wasn't on him. He had he, he When he was in there, he performed really well. I think this is going to be Frost's best offense um, at his, in his tenure there. That's certainly a big sign. They do have seven guys coming back. I am a little worried about their defense. They had a really, really good defense last year. Um, you know, from for statistically, they they yes, they bring back four of the five top tacklers on the team from last year, but only five total. I think that you know they'll kind of go back to um, you know what I think we you know they just they had a really really solid season last year. I think. Um, they'll they'll take a little step back uh, defensively, but I really like this team. I mean, they have a couple superstars um, on the defensive side. I think Garrett Nelson. This is a guy you got to watch out for. I think this guy has a chance to really dominate games and dictate games. And then right behind him, he's got two uh, 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 potentially great linebackers in Luke Reimer and Nick Henrik. So 
Um, defensively, they'll be good. They've still got some star players on there, so they've got a l- some holes to fill, but it's a little more manageable since they do have some some firepower. I like this team. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for them to get to eight wins. They're a great big. They're a big brand that's been in the you know the basement for so long. Um, and when when they when they have a good team, it makes college football better. Um, they've got ravenous fans, so I'm rooting for the eight uh, win season and to get the over. But I'm going to be safe uh, with my wallet and and go under the seven and a half. And I will say this: I'm blanking on who the was it Callahan was their or was it Osborne that was their longtime coach Osborne I that retired. Uh, I'm I'm not trying to freak out any Alabama fans, but the beat writer was asked, "What was the turnaround point? When was it? You know, what can you point to to say we just never recovered after that?" And they had made a lot of different comparisons between Nebraska and Alabama up until that point in the podcast. And she said, "Well, I don't want to freak anybody out, but when uh when we we went away from our longtime very successful coach and he retired, that was the beginning of the end. So I don't want to freak any Alabama people out, but you know that's got to be a concern for you a little bit. How do you repeat that greatness? And in the turn and uh, with Nebraska, they just never did. So we'll see if 2022 might be the year that they get that monkey off their back at least a little bit. Uh, Let's flip it over to Northwestern. Northwestern is an interesting team, Pierce, because as you were sitting here and I was thinking through what I wanted to say about Northwestern, you can't help but compare them and Vandy. You know, they're two schools. I mean, think about it. (laughs) He laughed. But they're two schools that are a little bit more rigorous on the studies. You kind of look at them and you go, you pull your weight in other sports, but on the football side, there's maybe something just doesn't fit here. Uh, and whether that's because it's harder to get people in, who knows? Um, that being said, Northwestern's always performed better than Vandy. There have been some years that College Game Day have come to Illinois because they were like, "Oh my gosh, like this is a good team." Last year was not the case. They had a three and nine record in 2021. They had three consecutive losses at the end of the season by at least 18 points. They dropped the final six games of the season after a three and three start. All in all, not great. That being said, they've got some fresh blood in. Ryan Halinski transferred in from the University of South Carolina. Uh, They also have redshirt freshman Brendan Sullivan. So we'll see what they do there at quarterback. They've got some other names here that I'm sure you're going to hit on that give them a little bit of promising. They have to open the season, Pierce, against Nebraska in Ireland, which is going to be just the weirdest thing ever to see college kids playing football in Ireland. But hey, Whatever. They should I, just play rugby. Like, for real, though. Like, it's one thing to send NFL guys over there, but it's really weird to, I don't know. We, if you're going to do it, let's go all in. Call the freaking field a pitch and, yeah. and play rugby out in, in a cow pasture. I mean, seriously. Well, there you That'd go. be awesome. There you go. No pads. No pads. Um, they don't have necessarily the biggest, uh, you know, baddest schedule in the world. I just don't necessarily see a big path for that. I actually read that uh, I actually think it's the toughest schedule in the conference. Oh, really? Well, Conference-wise. I'm just, wise, I'm conference just looking wise. at, well, I mean, th- yes, because you have to play the people in the True. Big Ten. True. Okay. That's like saying Vandy's got the toughest schedule in yeah. the conference. Well, no crap, because if you finish at the bottom of your conference, then by virtue of that everyone's better than you, it's going to be tough. Now, Ohio State had this conf- or had this schedule where you going, you know, this is going to be decently manageable for them. So, it's a tough schedule, but it's because of their conference. As far as out of conference they get duke southern illinois miami of ohio so you know that seems like it should be manageable i don't see any of those teams giving them major heartburn but that being said to your point they then go penn state wisconsin maryland iowa ohio state minnesota purdue and illinois so they could go they could start the season peers and win those first four and then not win a game again until thanksgiving yeah much of the same as last year right yeah i mean this this team I, i think uh you know, and it's not to not to rip on Northwestern. I, I just think it's it's one of those seasons where there's so much, so many teams that are really good in this conference. I I, I think they're going to have to fight really hard to make a bowl game this season. So I know Northwestern fans might not like to hear that because they they uh, the contingency out there seems to think that they're going to be pretty darn good this year. They return 14 starters. They typically have great rebounding seasons after a losing season. Um, they've done it the previous two losing seasons. They've come back, and I think one of the years they went to the Big Ten title. So, um, you know, they have a, a one of the top coaches in the Big Ten and Pat Fitzgerald. Um, it's unfortunate they draw Ohio State and Penn State from the east. You know, you'd love to uh, see, uh, you know, Maryland at that the very at the mo- at worst. Um, but you end up picking up maybe the two toughest teams. Arguably, Michigan, Michigan State could be in there for Penn State. Um, I do think offensively, this uh, this offensive line will be much improved. Can Ryan Holinsky take that next next step? 
He struggled very. He was very hit or miss last year. Um, obviously, you hit on it. He transferred over from South Carolina before last season. Will his second year uh, in Evanston? Will that be enough to get him to? Will he? You know, has he had enough time to mature and and learn this offense? And and do they have some of the pieces around him? Certainly, an improved O line is a huge start. Um, so I do think this offense takes a step up. They only returned five starters from last year. It'll be interesting to see what they do on the D line um, and at linebacker. They do have Bryce Gallagher at linebacker, which is a huge, uh, you know, a huge factor. Pat Fitzgerald is was a Northwestern linebacker, All American um, back in the '90s, so he knows how to coach him up. This guy will be the leader. They have uh, Adetemiwa. Adebowore at the end. I pronounced that pretty good, I feel like. That could have been a major screw-up right there. And I, I, I handled You always right. go for it. I know, I, and, and I'm always like, I'm not going to do it. And then I just, as I'm thinking, it's like I'm thinking to say the word, and, and I, I just say it. Um, their secondary is going to be elite. They've got a really good secondary. That's the strength of this defense. Can that front, uh, you know, can that line of scrimmage on the defensive side hold up? Um, I'm not sure. I, what did you say this total was at? I'm not sure. I, three and a half. I didn't say it. Three ooh, and a half. Okay. I, give me the over. I think that okay. they can, you know, am I, do I think this team could go three wins? Maybe. I think they win all their you know non-conference games. It's a pretty easy slate, as you uh, just told me. But I do think they can upset a team or two. I think, you know, especially how many times have we seen, it feels like we've seen an Ohio State or a Wisconsin or someone go into Evanston and that thick grass slows them down and they just muck it up. Thick grass. So maybe they get that, you know, upset or two. I think they're capable of it this year um, if I do, if, if they do take those next steps. Um, so give me the over three and a half for the Wildcats. Thick grass, two C's. All right, well, let's talk about who is the favorite to win the Big Ten, maybe even the national championship, depending on who you ask. They do also have the favorite for the Heisman. So all in all, if you are an Ohio State Buckeye, you have major hopes for the 2022 season. It wasn't necessarily a down year for them in 2021, Pierce, but it was the first time in a while we had seen them lose two season, two season, two lost two games. I can't speak. In the regular season, that, of course, being week two versus Oregon. And then again, uh, the second to last or the last game of the season, I should say, against Michigan. They then beat Utah in the Rose Bowl in a thriller, 48 to 45. So ended on a high note. Uh, Like I said, C.J. Stroud right now is the favorite to win the Heisman. I'm seeing plus 250. I'm sure that depends on your sports book. But that is it'd be odd to see. Bryce Young get back to backs but that being said if he has the year that people are surmising him to have after the year he had last year who knows but CJ definitely is the clubhouse favorite right now um they're gonna have to do a little bit to get better you know they played a little inconsistently last year but still all in all Ohio State's just always going to be one of the preeminent forces in the uh Big Ten and nationally as well their over under peers is 10 and a half so essentially undefeated over give okay. me the over Punch Give it. Me the over. Just now, hold on. Really quickly, they did it to themselves again. They have to start the season with Notre Dame. So it could be an early trap game. I think this Notre Dame, I'm not going to say it's a rebuilding year for Notre Dame, but I I, I don't see them going in there. New first coach. year head coach. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think Notre Dame will be be good. I think they've got talent everywhere. So, But, yeah, I'd like the over here. I, I think this is uh, – listen – this is when you put the you put your hard earned money on Ohio State over ten and a half, and if they lose, you just go well they did it again because that's what is what's going to take this team down a, a slip up a complacency because they have every piece uh, to go out and win. Here's the one interesting thing about them: they're really hanging their hat this year on this new D coordinator coming over. I think his name's Jim Knowles um, from Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had a spectacular defense last year. Um, they do bring over an All-American safety from, from Oklahoma State who followed his D coordinator. That'll be a great addition. Here's the one thing, and, and Ohio State fans, don't get don't come from my throat for saying this. I'm not comparing y'all's team to, to Miami for, in, in totality. But Miami is one of those teams with Ohio State. There were just a few of them last year where when they got punched in the mouth – they didn't know how to respond, and their toughness was lacking. Mm-hmm. This D coordinator needs to come in and establish this toughness because they can. They need to dictate the 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 line of scrimmage and the and the physicality on the defensive side because I think this offense. You know what you're going to get. You got three Heisman legit Heisman Trophy winners at three different skill positions: quarterback, running back with Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba on the outside. Um, so they've got the dudes. Can they? Can this? Can Jim Knowles come in here and really turn this defense into 
uh, and to the the potentially great defense that um, you know they have talent wise on the team already. I don't know. I think that's probably putting a lot on Jim Knowles. I mean, it's crazy to think like, oh, this one offensive or defensive coordinator is going to make that big of a difference. But I do think it's an improvement from uh, Kerry Combs, who was there last year and really, um, you know, struggled to get that defense going. I, I don't see how they don't go undefeated here. D- does that mean they're going to win the Natty? No. I like them to get to the national championship. I think it's a collision course between Alabama and Ohio State. Spoiler alert for the SEC preview, uh, which we haven't done. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for that. But this Ohio State team has it all this year. I I think if they just get a slight improvement on defense, which they don't even need to do to win the conference this year, in my opinion, that's just uh, the writing's on the wall for all these other teams. So over 10.5, Ohio State cruises to an undefeated season. All right. Well, there you go. Pre-playoffs, though. Let me add that. Okay. Well, yeah. Pre-playoffs. Sure, sure, sure. All right, well, Penn State Pierce is going to look to have something to say about that. Things started out pretty good for Penn State. They had a road win over Wisconsin. They had Auburn at home in mid-September. They shut out Indiana at home. Then, during the Iowa game, Sean Clifford gets injured, and it just wheels fell off from there. Lost to Illinois, lost to Ohio State, lost to Michigan, lost to Michigan State. Then, lost in the Outback Bowl to Arkansas uh, no, most of those games, you know, would have been close competitive matchups anyways, but you need to get a couple of those if you are James Franklin and company. Sean Clifford is back. He does have very slight odds at the Heisman. I wouldn't make any kind of wagers on that, but point is people are expecting him to at least be serviceable if not a game changer for Penn State in some of those closer ones. They do have to go down to Auburn this year. I just was thinking about this while we were uh, prepping for this. I was like, you know... Georgia plays, I think it's Kent State maybe that weekend. I'm in Atlanta. I'm real close to Auburn. I I might be like, hmm, I got some friends who live in Alabama still from when I went to Sanford. I might be like, yo, who wants to go to the Auburn-Penn State game? Because it's not very often you see that matchup. Uh, I hate the Plains, but might have to make that uh, make that trip. Eight and a half is what their over-under win total is at. I mean, that would be a good year for them. They're what I say that they finished uh, 2021 at. What was their final record? Let's see really quickly. Seven and six. So it would be a big improvement for them. I don't see if you if they stay healthy like they didn't last year. I don't see a world where that doesn't happen. But, hey, anything could happen. What are your thoughts here for the Nittany Lions? I think first and foremost, they've, you know, Clifford's got to stay healthy. That obviously you, you hit you hit on it. When he went down, I mean, and he played hurt, injured a lot. He was out there in multiple games, big games, coming down to the end, and he was limping around there, holding, you know, his arm, this, that, and the other. So he was brutally beat up last year. Um, you know, I don't, I just, I'm not all that high on Sean Clifford, but you got to also look at where else is his help. I think the big thing last year for them offensively and why they struggled, they could not get a single one semblance of uh, of a run game. I mean, they just that was non-existent. And so literally it was Sean Clifford kind of playing backyard football and just kind of running around for his life and trying to make things happen. Um, Got to figure out the run game. If they can figure out the run game, they could take a step up this year offensively. I think you're probably looking at some similar output, which does not bode well for the over eight and a half. I am going to take the under eight and a half because I do think you're looking at another seven, maybe eight win uh, season. Now, I think they could get to nine wins, which you hit on it. They go to Auburn. That's not an easy place to play, even if they are better than Auburn, which they probably are. You know, I... I, there's a lot of unique matchups there. You, they've got Auburn's got to find a quarterback, but the Plains are a tough place to play. I think Penn State will uh, will struggle at times there with the noise. They also play Michigan and Purdue on the road. Certainly, one of those I think is going to be a loss at Michigan. I think they lose probably one to Purdue and Auburn, and they get Ohio State and Michigan State at home. Good news facing Michigan State. Obviously, the Ohio State game I think is a, is a, you know that one is uh, pretty much you know what's going to happen. They do avoid Iowa and Wisconsin, which is good news. Um, but I don't see they lost a lot of, on defense. Their defense have got some good players. I just think they. I just don't see this team with Sean Clifford having too much room to grow. Um, I, I think you're looking that number's pretty close to spot on. I, I do like that number. I'm going to take the under because I just don't see them getting making a huge leap um, to get to nine or ten wins this season. I think I think seven or eight is what you're looking at. The Purdue Boilermakers, we've alluded to them several times. I say alluded. We've outright called them one of the trap teams 
throughout not only Bragg and Wright's history, but also this podcast here. The Boilermakers 2022 uh, expectations are going to be pretty high. 2021 was a good season for them, Pierce. They finished 9-4. and four. Then they had an overtime victory in the Music City Bowl, Bowl versus Tennessee. Um, like I said, they're, they're a very tough out. Who'd they get last year? They always have one that you can point to that you're like, they shouldn't have gotten that team, and they did. They got Iowa in Kinnick Stadium, and then they got... Kinnick. Whatever. They got, okay, you're not somebody <laughs> to teach me about uh, pronunciations. <laughs> Kinnick Stadium, whatever. And then they had Michigan State at home. They upset both of those teams who were ranked number two and number three at the time. So they're going to look to do that. They're not a team necessarily that you're ever going to write home about and say, hey, this team could potentially win the Big Ten or the college football playoffs. But, you know, you go out there, that's kind of what Nebraska wants to be. They kind of want to be this team that's a tough out that you go to, you're scared to go to because you know it's a trap team. They give you a couple of good, thrilling victories a year. And then, you know, they also lose the ones that they probably should have lost, you know. Um they're scheduled this year. They start off with Penn State, so they get down and dirty quickly. Uh, and then their uh, non-conference games, they have Indiana State, Syracuse, and FAU. Over-under win total is seven and a half. I quite like that. You yeah. don't have Ohio State. You don't have Michigan. You don't have Michigan State. You get Penn State to start the season. That's your one. And you get Wisconsin, of course, because that's on your side of the uh, conference. But, I mean, that's that could only be two losses if you really look at it. Two, maybe three, if you give Minnesota. Yeah, this Purdue team, the only thing that scares me about that is, I think that number is pretty spot on. I, I was about to say and lead with, this is, a, this is a bowl team for sure. So you go ahead and pencil in the for six sure. wins. So you're looking at another upset or two. Um, I do think this this conference is deep. Uh, Purdue does, does bring back a plethora of guys, 14 starters, um, including the QB, they do lose, and this is what scares me, they do lose their two star players from last year, which includes their best player, Carl Aftis, who got drafted this year, I think first round um, or early second, and they lose their number one and two tacklers. They do have seven starters back on that side defensively. Um, I, I think you see a slight regression from them on that side of the ball. I think offensively, though, um, you know, I think offensively they could take a little step up. You know, they go as O'Connell goes, their quarterback. Um, they do lose the top three receivers from last year, but if O'Connell, if Connell's, if O'Connell can live up to the hype uh, as far as you know, improve on his play last year, which was you know solid. I think this team has a chance to be pretty good, and and they're another one. They're a very trendy pick to uh, to have a really really good season. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about it. Again, like Indiana, when they go from the hunter to the hunted, that's a little scary. Um, they're just not one of those teams that, that plays from the top top level. And it's like, can I see Purdue winning more than seven, eight games? I'm not sure I can. But you, you're right. They do get a favorable schedule this year. So I'm going to say over and have some fun with this. I will not be playing it. Uh, but give me the over. I think they can get to eight. Um, and that's a spectacular year, uh, year for the Boilermakers. Well, let's talk about the Rutgers, the Rutgers, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. That's kind of tough when you put it together. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights. It kind of flows. Um, listen, this has always been a team that's been down and out, but things looked better for them last year under Greg Schiano. It's funny, Pierce. I'm on. You know, I'm doing my little research and stuff like that. I had to do a double take because it's what Greg Schiano's third year, fourth year. Yeah, I guess because he was hired after he got spurned out of the Tennessee job. But on Wikipedia, it says 13th season. Oh, wow. Because he coached there before. And I was like, 13? I know it's been a minute, but woo. Um, things are looking better. I think that was a really good hire for them. They won their first three peers straight up. Temple, Syracuse, and FCS team, Delaware. But then things, you know, then they got into the meat of their schedule. Losses to Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Northwestern. Uh, that being said, you know, Three or five and eight is not terrible for Rutgers, a Rutgers team that never would have even sniffed a win a few years ago. I mean, think about how many times we were like, well, they even win a game. It's not necessarily that your father's Rutgers, or I guess your uh, your uncle's Rutgers. Um, over under win total four and a half, so it'd be about what they did last year. Um, they do start the season with Boston College. That's going to be a tough one, but then they get Wagner, Temple. Uh, those could be two wins. If they're just going to have to upset a couple of people, maybe win the ones at home, you know, you get Indiana, that's got to be a win. Nebraska's got to be a win. Um, and then, like I said, maybe upset a Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State, although Minnesota might not be an upset. But 
point is when you go on the road here maybe maybe trip somebody up but get that status I would love to be saying middle of the season you know the grass is just thick there at Rutgers so we'll see um I think they play on turf you it's an expression that you always say yeah, but I'm legit serious. Like the thick no, bluegrass. No, that's a bull crap. No, the thick, the you thick. You can't say that about eight you, teams, though. Uh, you, oh, watch Northwestern games this year. I think you'll you'll change your mind. And Iowa State. And who else do you say it about? <laughs> uh it's the bluegrass states. Whatever the wherever they have bluegrass, literally bluegrass. Iowa, they don't have bluegrass. I'm pretty sure they do. First of all, the bluegrass state. Well, is but Kentucky. okay. Really, what it is is it's it's really what I think it is. And Iowa State's another one. I think they're bluegrass. They could, I could be wrong, but it, really that saying is they grow their grass a little higher, it seems. I know that's probably not the case, where it looks like you know they're just a little slower, but you can't say that about turf. They grow their, <laughs> they grow their turf just a little bit higher. Hey, Point is, you want to be one of those, you know, that's their best bet is to be one of those teams that you're scared to go play. I think that four and a half seems pretty manageable, but they still have to have a good season in order to get that done. What do you think about Rutgers' chances here? Man, and again, uh, like some of the bottom dwellers, I think that you're going to see an improved team under Shiano. I, I I think they – did you see the stat? I don't know if you saw this. They haven't won a Big Ten conference game in 10 years. Ooh. So I do think they get over that hump this year. I don't see them getting two upsets uh, in the Big Ten. I think you're looking at under four and a half. But – if they do get that upset of a conference opponent, I think that gets them to four. So that's an improvement on on last season. They returned six starters offensively, as is the case with most every team in the country. They need to find Q, uh, consistent QB play. I think they might be able to get that this year. Um, defensively, they should have solid improvement. I mean, they bring back five of their top seven tacklers. Um, Christian Izian and Max Melton um, at safety and cornerback are two really good players and standouts for this team. Give me the under four and a half, but I do like Rutgers to take a, a slight step up and be a little bit more competitive in some of their games, maybe against a Nebraska or against a, a Minnesota or someone like that that's, um, you know, may come in and not be prepared to, to take on a team in a tough challenge. Um, so improved Rutgers team, but unfortunately I think they're still a year away from fighting for a bowl game. Last but not least, oh, by the way, I tried to Google what are the bluegrass states. Yeah. It's just a region in Kentucky. I, I knew it's when I said. It's grown in tropical look regions. Up, look up while, while we're talking, or I can do it. Look up what grass is in Iowa State. Is, is what Iowa State grass, I'm doing this real time, is in Great Iowa State. Great podcast. Although I'm not surprised because when I said it's turf, you looked at me and I thought I was going to get my throat slashed. I was like, you were like, you, you, are you dared going to do that to me, mofo? Shit. Was it bluegrass? Yeah. Bang. Bang. It's crazy. Like, okay, but what did you say, Purdue? Did you say Purdue the grass has grown a little thicker? No. Um, uh, That's Bermuda. Northwestern. Northwestern. We're doing Northwestern too. And Iowa's probably the same. Stadium. This is my Google search is like I'm just typing random. No, it's turf. (laughs) Northwestern. That's what it says. No, 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 no. Unless they just recently went to it. I don't think that's true. Anyway, anyway. you would know. I got the good win. I got the good win of Iowa State. So I feel at least a little justified. But I don't know, man. I got to look up that Northwestern. I could have sworn they were. Um, I just remember seeing some crazy slow games there, but they could have gone to Maybe that's just because they're slow white boys. It's probably easier to keep up with in the winter. Um, and, and In Chicago? And they're right up. Ooh. They're right, you know, the turf. They're right up along yeah. the and water, too. Do they have a dedicated football stadium? Or yes, does it they also do. Play I think home they're to lacrosse and stuff. Uh, okay, it's a dedicated football stadium, but I do think they allow some other things there. Yeah, it, they are re. Turf. I think they're. They're really pushing for a new stadium. I don't know if it's been accepted or if it's fully in the plans, but there's been rumblings about it um, because it is, uh, I think it is slightly off campus. So it's not, you know, entrenched because it is it is in the city. I mean, Evanston is, you well, know, it's on a good the other way side north, of, the, of the lake. No, no, no. Evanston? It's, it's north of, of Chicago, probably by like without traffic, thir- 45 minutes. Yeah. Right along the lake. That's not in the city. No, but you know how it is with those big, those big, like a New York or a San Fran. Like, yes, you're out of the city so technically, but forty five minutes outside the city is MTSU part of Nashville. Look it up; it's close enough to the. Dad I'm just goes. saying. All right, let me put it this way: What did you say when we were talking about Northwestern? You talked about them being in Illinois, Illinois. Chicago. I 
Yeah, just now. I didn't say, oh, go back. You Reverse did, the take. Okay. I didn't say oh, Chicago. Right. So I said okay. Illinois. I, you did say Illinois. I'm pretty sure you said Chicago. No, I just anyway, did now. Evanston, you, you you hear about it all the time. I mean, they play. I mean, they play at Soldier Field last year. They're a Chicago team, so maybe they're not in the downtown, but they're a Chicago team. They're a Chicago team. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Okay. I, it was more about the the way I said that you were picking it apart. All right. Last but not least, let's wow. talk about the Wisconsin Badgers. Electric banter right there. <laughs> Just electric. I was like, we need to get this back. <laughs> yeah. On the rails. Okay. The Wisconsin Badgers, Pierce, probably your favorite coming out of that west side. Is it, yeah, they're in the west division. For a second, I got my... You know what's funny? Okay, this is a random aside. I don't know my lefts from my rights, so when I teach spin, I have to like literally like... I'm like, go to well, your right side. Well, because you reverse, too. Like, right. Well, that's... You're looking at either. them. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when I'm saying you're right, I'm literally doing my left. But I'll be like, go to your... And I, I don't know my rights for left. So, anyways, <laughs> I don't know east and west either, apparently. I think that's the first thing you learn when you're growing up, right? Well, I had to write on my lacrosse goalie gloves because, you know, you're telling people where the ball is. I had to have silver Sharpie that said L and R on my oh thumbs my so I could tell the girls where the ball was. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. The 2021 Wisconsin Badgers, they did eh, nine and four. Nothing to write home about. Less than they would like to do. Um, but they did make it to the Las Vegas Bowl. They lose or they win that 20 to 13 versus Arizona State. Definitely had higher hopes coming into the season. But I will say things, although they were off to a rocky start, got better. Started the season with a loss to Penn State. Then third week of the season, they lose to Notre Dame. Then to Michigan. Then they don't lose again until the final week of the season when they played at Minnesota. So like I said, things did get better. But when you skid like that so early on the season and what do we all come into the season with is hope. And when you lose hope early, it's hard to be, uh, you know, on the national landscape. So sneakily a decent season for them. That being said, like I said, when you lose three of your first four, you're not going to be uh, talked about a whole a lot. Graham Mertz has got to finally put his money where his mouth is. I say that. He's not talking about a big game. But it feels like all these Wisconsin people are like, Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz. We'll see if he's able to back that up. Um, their over-under is 8-5. and five, And after a quick little scan of their schedule, I think they should be able to do that. They do pull Ohio State. They do pull Michigan State. Um, and both of those are on the road, but I think the rest of their schedule they should be able to handle if they stay healthy, and like I said, some of those players we've been waiting for to step up for so long actually do in 2022. Yeah, you look at last year's team, it's almost the exact opposite um, of last year when we were coming into the season. The question marks for Wisconsin was, all right, we saw Graham Mertz in, in year one, he had some good games where he looked solid and, and at times flashed greatness. But it was very inconsistent. Coming to last year, it's it's much of the same. They were also looking for uh, you know a, a consistent running game. And they still had a decent running game early on. You know, that Penn State game certainly could have been a, a win. It was a it, it you know came down to the wire and really Graham Mertz and, and Wisconsin kind of just shot themselves in the foot. Um, or I should say in the feet. Um but it's the exact opposite this year. They lose almost everyone off their team. This team was very comparable to Clemson, in my opinion. Elite defensively. This was a top three, top five defense in the country last year. But their offense, their quarterbacks, both had elite quarterbacks, or so we thought, that you were ready for them to take that big step, and they didn't. And so they sputtered in some games because they just, as good as their defense was, they couldn't score. Um, so, I, again, it's... I. At some point, you know what you have in Graham Ertz, I think. You know you know what you have if it's year three. Is there really much improvement for him? They're going to go as, as he goes. You look last season. When they started turning it around as you hit on towards the end of the season, they rattled off all those wins. What was the, what was the biggest reason? The emergence of young budding superstar Braylon Allen, mm -hmm. the big boy at running back. Plus, they have Ch Chez Malushi. I think it's Malushi or Chez. I'm butchering this. Yeah, Malushi. Um, who came over last year and, and had a very solid season. So you got a dynamic duo there, and Braylon Allen is a workhorse, so just ride him, set up play-action pass with Mertz. You know this offensive line is, is going to be good. It, it always is. It's defensively. Can they rebuild defensively? Do they have the players in there defensively? Uh, because, again, it, this was one of the elite units in all of college football. They only returned three starters from last year. I mean, that's I, – I know maybe you have a lot of ta young talent, but usually when you say young – 
and you're putting them into the starting role at a young age, they're going to make mistakes. So that 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 elite defense won't be there, even if it does have some good talent. Um, so I do think they take a step back defensively. Um, what did you have this total at? I can't recall. I I already told y'all I think Iowa wins this side um, over Wisconsin. I think you're looking probably at eight nine wins. I, I don't think they get to ten. Um, because of eight and a half, eight and a half. Ooh, that's so close. That's right. Uh, give me the under. I think they're probably going to end finish with eight. Certainly. I think you read off. They have a little, Oh, they do have Iowa on the road as well. I believe they do have so Iowa on the road. Those are three losses in my opinion, right there or pretty darn close to it. Um, at least two. So, and I think they could get upset elsewhere at least once. So uh, give me the under, I think that eight and a half is pretty close. I think, I, you know, it's one of those teams and it's a program that's pretty consistent. So I always hesitate to say, oh, well, they're returning only three stars def- defensively, they're going to struggle. But, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get with, with Yeah, they're Wisconsin. consistent, but they're like kind of consistently disappointing in the sense that we always come into the season going, this could be the year that Wisconsin really, you know, they win the Big Ten. And, and every year, obviously, with their side of the division, or their side of the conference, their division being the lesser, and we know this as Georgia fans who have been told for years that the East is just not as good, and fine, if you want to make that argument, you can, there's no arguing in the Big Ten. There's just not that the West is not as uh, dominant or, or as good, skilled as the East. Uh, so they are, you know, they should win the, the West every single year. That should be an expectation. And so they're consistent, but they're consistently disappointing in the sense that you're like, and yet why are they not in the Big Ten championship? Why are they not winning, you know, the Big Ten every single year? Because they, they run into Ohio State. They run, well, yes, in, in the Big Ten championship. But, I mean, they didn't even make it this past year, you know. So you'd like to see them have some more uh, – you'd like to see them be consistently average, not consistently disappointing is my whole point of that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to do predictions of what we think is going to happen in the Big Ten. We're going to do a big predictions episode, do our best bets, maybe do some season-long parlays, some future parlays, things of that nature. Um, that's going to do it for this episode here of Bragging Rights. If you are not subscribed, please make sure you do so. We've got one more preview episode, and then, uh, like I said, we'll do a predictions. And then, guess what? Week zero is here, and we'll be talking actual pigskin actual x's and o's time to actually see some football i'm super super duper excited so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of that make sure you're following us on social media both twitter and instagram at bragging pod might be throwing in some tiktok content so i'll keep you guys posted on that um also i think i'll uh, probably announce it or, or send out the link here in uh, our predictions episode but i think we're going to do a bragging and rights pick em pool so be on standby for that as well let me know if you are interested uh, let us know there on social media that's going to do it for us here until next time i'm madison and i'm pierce stay blessed y'all